0: Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose,
1: and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the NBA podcast, or NBA show, Mojo, episode six. We've got Kat. We've got Marina
2: a one and a two and a one two three well,
1: you don't
0: do that. Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah have a great broadcast you too darling
1: guys my question to you because I think some people might have some questions on it because I know I'm still confused by it but the play-in bracket I, I mean I think if you're in the play-in bracket it's a little bit of an unfair advantage
0: um
1: someone's calling actually
0: to ask questions about
1: it. exactly 100% they are <laughs> <laughs> um because if you go in and you play in the and you play in the playing bracket you're then tired for kind of that first round marina i don't know about you but if if i was if i was a team that was playing in the playing bracket i'd be a little annoyed
0: look i would be absolutely exhausted come round one but i think that's the point i think the unfortunate part is that this playing tournament wasn't announced until kind of already into the season right yeah so like that first chunk It's like teams could have gone harder to make sure that they were set up for the end of this tournament, uh, for the end of the season. Sorry, so it's I would say a disadvantage to have to play in the plains because it's. I know it's only one game, but you're going hell for leather for that game, and you're ready to go up against someone who's been sitting for a week. So Mm -hmm. that's what I think.
1: Kat, my question to you is right because nine if nine and ten positioning play each other, ten loser goes out. Seven and eight. Loser still gets in. I mean, wouldn't you be able to play the system in that way if you're looking at who you could get matched up against? Like you, you could well, potentially lose on purpose and be like, "Well, I get to play the lower-ranked team." Yeah,
2: I mean, I think you pretty much just said it. Like, I still like. There's, well, it works really well if you make the plane first of all, because we know one team that didn't. So, in that regard, it doesn't work if you're a Lakers fan. Um, But, yeah, I kind of feel like it's, like, I did hear someone saying today how it was a bit unfair that there was, like, a a whole week off, like, when you're at these different points. But you could, I feel like it's too safe sometimes when you know that you could still make it with a loss, if that makes sense. Like, it's, like, does it take away, like, the fight? and just like that consistency and wanting to constantly be the best when you know you've got like this extra little bit like you can still be I was gonna say something else still not be good and then still make it does that make sense
0: yeah it's like it takes away your edge a little bit if you go into yeah super comfortable and then you're like well we could or we couldn't it doesn't matter and it's like what happens if you play the lesser team then and you've just gotten really comfortable in that like attitude in that perspective and then like you play the worse a team and they blow you out so it's like yeah because I think that's what the Lakers were
2: starting to rely on they were like oh it's all right well we've got playing yeah and it's like
0: maybe mm, no, you don't sorry yeah they got <laughs> comfortable. those guys yeah but like the thing about the play-in as well is like that's the point that's like why you don't want to be in the play-in but for the teams that are desperate that's why you want to it's like
1: Finals baby But uh, now it's time to move into our First segment of the night, the huddle Leave no regrets out there
2: That is what a real
0: champion is made of
1: And the Chicago Bulls Have won their first ever NBA championship As Kobe Bryant At the buzzer in overtime Gets the win for Los Angeles There it is, redemption for Golden State It's over the Bucs of Venice. Celebration is begun in
0: Boston. Most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches and how it carries forward to the next generation.
1: Yeah, on this episode of the Huddle, we are talking all things Phoenix Suns. I don't know about you guys, but when I was putting this together, I was so excited to talk about this team. Marina, you set it off air, so I'll let you start. Do you think the Phoenix Suns could be the fa- – well, they are the favorite to win. Could you see them win the, winning the NBA championship this year? Okay, so
0: we talked about the Bucs the last game, uh, the last podcast, which was important. need to talk about the – come. we need to talk about the Bucs, right? But the Phoenix Suns, for what they lacked last season and how they slipped up in finals, they have made up for it tenfold this season. I'm so pumped to talk about them because they are good – from every angle, I love that Chris Paul is doing Chris Paul things and he's having an outstanding season at his age, which is a rap old age. Not really that old in normal people, but as far as basketball people, he's getting there. And, like, you got Devin as well who seems to be able to score. He kind of got lost in last year's finals. So, I don't know, I've, I've, they've been fun to watch and I'm just really, really watching them these final series as well.
1: Well they had the best record in the league was 64 wins and 18 losses, eight games wow. against the Grizzlies. So I think the last time that there was that big of a difference, I think it was like the 01 Lakers and whoever was like close to them at that time. I don't remember, but I just remember the Lakers being at a top of their game back then. But I mean, as you said, this is a team that is firing on all cylinders from defensively, offensively. But again, Kat, we talked about this. Chris Paul like he is just a phenomenal phenomenal player
2: yeah
1: uh i just i think we all just
2: want to see him get a ring you know and i when you look at every team that he's joined like every time he's joined a team the team has dramatically improved he just still hasn't got that final thing (laughs) that he's after um and i think that's where a lot of people's hopes were last year they were like they're gonna do it because he's gonna get it and It was really sad to see. So I think that is, you know, obviously more momentum behind him um, for that reason. But like, yeah, when you just look at everything he's achieved, like I'm actually surprised that in this whole time that he hasn't done it yet because he's just turned so much around. Like he is a really good leader. Like he just brings out the best in everybody. And I think like the last time we, we were comparing, like we'll say that about Michael Jordan, how he was bringing out the best in his teammates. But I think that is also with him as well. I can definitely see that in him. So hopefully, maybe, because I, I just don't know if it's gonna like if it gets to Boxes all again. Yeah, we I would love also, to see him do it.
0: Like Ah, we were so cut last season when he didn't get it. And like yeah. obviously we were, like look, Booger had a great season last season as well. So during last year's finals, we were all just watching, hoping that he came out as strongly. And when the Bucks got it, it was like, yeah, you guys are playing amazing, obviously. But you just have, like, a little bit of heart pain for CP because he's been around for a little bit and he's played in some great teams. He's never been, like, as re- well regarded as he has been on this Phoenix Suns team. And he's never been, uh, like, noticed so much by the general public, I would say. So I really yeah. like for him, I want him to get this.
1: Yeah, I'm, um, I'm see I am think it. he deserves one 100%. I mean, I think the difference between this team, I think, for Chris Paul, is that he's got people that he like can play off him. I think he's always been an exceptional point guard. But when you look at the stat, like, Suns have scored 29.5 points off his passes alone. Wow. So, like, clearly – he's able to find his boys and his players. But then, I mean, if we got to talk, we talk about dynamic duos all the time in the NBA. We talk about him back from the 90s. We talk about Shaq and Kobe. We talk about Michael and Pippen. But you got to talk about Chris Ball and Devin Booker. I mean, talk about a phenomenal shooter because he can score from pretty much anywhere. He's excellent at the mid-range jumper and he's second in the league in total jumpers made. Like, I mean, this is a guy that, I mean, if, I, if it's finals and the game's on the line, I'm giving it to Devin Booker.
0: Mm. But also, right, like, Devin's amazing, but not just him. You've also got DeAndre inside. He had a pretty good finals run last year. Again, he – and I think it's just from experience or lack thereof with this Phoenix Suns team besides Chris. Uh, I think that there's so many guys that can score. Like, obviously, Booker's a bucket. Like he can get it wherever he wants, and he's second in the league in jumpers for a reason. But it's like he's got him. We've got Chris Paul. We've got DeAndre. We've even got Jay Crowder on the three. Like what more? Scoring power is out of this out of this world. Out of this league, maybe for this Phoenix Suns team.
1: What's good about them is they're fifth in offense efficiency so they can score and they've limited their turnovers. I think that was a big thing for them playoffs last year is they ranked up too oh many God. turnovers. So I think they've been able to eliminate that but not but not only that they're third defensively. After kind of going the last two seasons like when you look at the Suns in like the 18-19 season, they couldn't stop anybody. They like they were just getting scored on left, right and center. No like they just couldn't yeah. play defense. It, they struggled. But they were capable. They were a Oh guys. <laughs> <laughs> They were a little, yeah, they were a carpet a bit. And then you go to the 1920 season, which I think was like the COVID season, right? Where they had to play in the bubble. Was that that season? And they went 17th. And now they're sitting at third defensively. Like clearly it doesn't happen overnight. But as we said, right? Defense wins championships. When you got an offense that's firing the way it is and a defense that is willing to step up the way it is, Kat, I don't know about you, but they have the formula. As Marina said, this season they've just stepped it up, but they have everything. To win this NBA championship this year
2: yeah that and experience now with being in the playoffs so I think that was just the extra that last bit that they needed I I really hope I would love to see it I'd like love to see them come this far now they know what it's like to be in the playoffs They know what it's like to to be that close um so I think I don't want to call it just yet but I'm I'm quite confident we'll go with that so far. But the way, like, even though they play today, like, just, they just keep getting better and better, honestly. I'm trying to think, like, who would stop them at this point.
0: I think they're a team of responders, right? And, like, you can see it from how they've responded from last year's finals.
2: Yeah.
0: Even Booker, after he was challenged by the Mamba Man himself to just be MVP, win a shit, just get better. He's just worked on his game. And like, we saw that in the bubble three years ago and we saw that last year and we're seeing it this year. It's like, they're just a team of guys that will learn and act.
2: I still feel like he's a bit underrated still. Like he doesn't get, like he's talked about, but he's still not talked about like as much as what he should be. Yeah. You know, like you won't even hear like people bring up you know, him and Chris Paul was a dynamic duo. That I'm like, even when you just said that, I was like, yeah, like when you really have that conversation, like it doesn't come up yeah. as often as the other. Like, I still feel like um, we need to talk about him more, like what he's doing. And of course, when you bring in like how he was mentored by Kirby, like it automatically just goes up here for me,
0: anyone that does.
2: So, yeah, I think now that, like what you said, with the experience, with the consistency, with everything they've done. If we can't even think of a team, that will stop them. And, like, that's a really good point, like, the way they respond. So if they were to not go well in, like, a first game, you just know they're going to come back firing in the next one and just pretty much work off of that.
1: So, yeah, the game against Pelicans today, 110. So I think it was, like, 98 or something like that. So solid win. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul put up 30. So when we're looking at the first round, Marina, we'll start with you. How do you think this series is going to go for the Suns? Do you think it's going to be a clean sweep? Because I see them going four nothing and just eliminating the Pelicans.
0: <laughs> oh. Like for some reason, I've really had a soft, I've always had a soft spot for the Pelicans this last year, especially when Brandon Ingram went there. Um, but they just can't ever seem to get it done when they need to, and the Phoenix are just that good. I think they're going to have a pretty easy sweep here.
2: Yeah, for 3-0. cat, you with 3-0 now? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel the same. I'm sorry to say to them, but I think they're just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I
0: just, yeah, I just don't see how the Pelicans can respond and they don't really have the answers for everything that the Suns bring. I don't know. What do you
1: think? it'll be interesting to see what they have, what happens, but I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be a, a sweep. They're going to easily comfortably win it at home and away. And then they'll just be like, you know what? That was just the warm up round. Now, yeah. now we're getting into some serious basketball.
0: Yeah. Almost like um, not, not a training. Cause obviously this is the playoffs for a reason, but it's a good time to like practice really good habits and like play some really good basketball, team basketball, find everyone where we need to, and then get ready. If it gets to that point, we don't know. There might be a whole mix up, but I think that this would be a good chance for them to like play good basketball leading into like the finals.
1: Yeah, definitely with you on that one. Good time to get all those bad habits out. Keep the good ones, keep moving forward. All right guys, gonna move into our next segment, the match. The most anticipated match
0: in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's
1: get ready to rumble. All right, we matched up some two. I didn't even realize this when I was doing it. I was trying to match up some <laughs> point guards, but I also realized that I matched up two <laughs> relatively new coaches to the NBA. So I guess yeah. I guess we can talk about both of them in in that regard. But correct me if I'm wrong, but gone are the days in the NBA where we have like those big point guard matchups. Like, I feel like Jason Kidd and Steve Nash were kind of that last kind of – nowadays you don't really see it where you've got those kind of key, masterful point guards that just go head-to-head with one another.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, we're talking about CP3, and he's on that level with them. But I can't really – Kyle Lowry not really – Yeah, I would say that we're not seeing anything like what we saw with those two, and they were both kind of played in the same time. So – well, they did play at the same time. So it was so much fun watching them go head-to-head because you know that they got real mad as well when the point guards not only scoring, but when they also got really good assists. Like, oh, yeah, they were really fun to watch. But just talent and high IQ. What do you think, Kat? I actually agree with you. I just love when so yeah, when
2: you hear me say a lot when I always talk about people's mentality and how they're, like, so game smart. And, I yeah, those are things that I really appreciate. Um, that, I was, what was it? I was actually telling Alex say how I did, like, a bit of a poll on my Instagram story. Just wanted to see what people were talking about. Um, and people, like, couldn't actually give me an answer between those two. I yeah? said, so if you had to pick, like, who would you want on your team? And everyone was like, I don't actually know. No one could really pick one or the other. But I guess um, more so Jason Kidd are saying he kind of ticks the boxes for everything, like a, a good, like rebounder, good defender, like good shooter, had like a bit of everything. Um, but then I think some people would go more towards Steve Nash because, like, if he was, you know, in his, in his better times. So, Yeah. That one, I don't really know. It's weird. That's what I'm <laughs>
0: saying. I don't know. Like, Yeah, it's so good because they're both so good at what they do. And, like, there wasn't really an answer for them because they both won rings. So they've both reached success. They've both played long careers. They're both scorers, but they're facilitating point guards. They're smart. They're skilled. They're talented. Like and they're similar in like
2: um in like their seasons and start like they're so close like everything just comes together except for that one championship like that's which is what some people like to go by Mm. some people like that would be their final thing or but yeah like they're just very similar in a lot of things
1: I mean, if we want to try and really match him up, Bryce, let's go stats. You've got Jason Keter, average 12.6 stats, 8.7 assists, 40% field goal percentage, 34% from the three-point line. Free throw, he was about 78. He was a 10-time all-star, so he kind of edges out a little bit there. When we're kind of looking at Steve Nash, again, 14.3 points, so had more but not by much 8.5 assists field goal percentage was higher at 49 wasn't as great from probably this, well he's better from the three-point line than Jason Kidd was his better free throw percentage at 90.4 so when you and he's only an eight-time all-star so yeah well, and they're both six three six four. 6'4
0: mm. did they both won rings was that correct on that or was I incorrect Ernie, uh, I think only one Nash, Nash is a kid. as a player. My mistake, my mistake. Oh yeah, because he played for Math. So I'm looking at it, and like as a basketball player, there's like the 50-40-90 club or the 50-40-80 club, and it's like you want to get 50% um, from field goals, you want to get 40% behind the three point line, you want to be like 80-90% from the free throw, and like only a few players in their career have done it. Steph Curry recently did it, but I'm looking at Nash's stats. Forty-nine field goal percentage, so I reckon we'll like we'll give that to him.
1: We'll round that up, yeah. Round
0: it up. Forty-two point eight from the three-point line, which is insane. Like that is for a career stat. That's massive. Yeah, ninety percent from the free throw. Like he did it. I would say so. I mean, if we're going off stats.
1: And they both played with for quite a few teams, right? I, I mean, Steve Nash played a lot of years the Phoenix Suns. He then played with the Mavs. It was really weird to see him in a Lakers jersey for a while when he got yes. a little older. You were like, those, "Those aren't your colors, buddy." Um, yes. But even like Jason Kidd, and now both coaching in the NBA, right? So we've got Jason Kidd who has the Mavs, yes. and we've got oh. uh, we've got uh, Steve Nash who's got. I mean, he's got the Brooklyn Nets, like. So when you're looking at it from a coaching standpoint, they both have killer teams. They both had killer yeah. careers, but in the match, we have to pick one. So, Kat, I'm gonna go to you first. At Jason Kidd and Steve Nash, if you were going one on one, or even just to match up stats-wise, who you going with and who's winning?
2: Well,
1: I'm gonna go Jason Kidd. I am gonna go with
2: that. I still feel like. He's like, it's just that slightly bit better. But I mean like it's when I say slightly, it's just it's so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can see what I'm doing. Unfortunately I talk with my hands a lot, so if you're listening to this, you don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, it's like this little sliver. <laughs> <laughs> Marina, I'm gonna go with that. I'm just going to Jason Kid, just gonna make it easy. Cut it. Yeah, done. <laughs> Marina, who's your pick? Um, well,
0: that's tough. Uh that's tough. I didn't know that was Nash's stats. I'm going to be very honest because I, thinking about it, thinking back to when I watched them, I would have preferred to watch Kid play, and like I really liked watching him, and he was just so solid for his team and stuff. Um, I didn't know that was Nash's stats, but I'm going to go off my experience, and I'm actually going to take Kid I love Jason. I know.
1: What? All right, what? all right. We've got two for Jason Kidd. I'm gonna go as a as a basketball coach. I always tell my girls, yeah. free throws make or break a game. So if you can't make your <laughs> free, free throws, sit down. Free so for me, yeah. But if it's on the line and you're getting fouled, you got to make those free throws over those. That's that's it. You're gonna get them. You're gonna take so, these free shots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the lonely island here and go for me. <laughs> My matchup would be Steve Nash over Jason Kidd, just based on percentage, his free throw. And I think his ability to just kind of distribute the ball. I just think he's a little bit better.
0: He's fun to watch as well. Like I talked about Kidd, great, solid, consistent. It was honestly like slim pickings. But Nash, he was fun. He did those behind-the-back passes. He was doing like funky stuff. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. All right. So one to Nash, two to Kidd
1: for kids so i guess kids is this one but it is what it is all right guys moving to our final segment rapid fire hey
0: we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things what
1: you need to know tonight it's your apologies to matt
0: damon we ran out of time for him tonight we'll get him on the air again soon so we're okay. we're scared, oh my boss is saying closing time maybe that's what he means.
1: right final segment of the evening We've been talking about this all podcast because we've been talking about Suns. We've been talking about Chris Paul, but who is the one player that never got a ring that deserved one? I'm going to, I'm going to lead this one and I'm going to go Reggie Miller. Oh yeah. Because man had 14 season with the Pacers. He came so close. If you want to go look at kind of Indiana that time, go watch mouth with the palace on Netflix. Cause that is a great, that is a great documentary. If you don't know anything yeah. about that, that is awesome. But that talks about Reggie Miller and just like how close he actually got and how he just was never able to quite cross the line, especially with the standouts I had on that team. So for me, my player, Reggie Miller. And I hope he coaches because I feel like he'd be a good coach and be able to get it there. But yeah, Reggie Miller for me. Marina, what about you?
0: That's a, that's like a – that's a really good one. Hard to follow because Reggie – it's just – I mean, there's a documentary anyone watching you should go watch it because it's just – He's so... He was such a good player. It was almost. Oh my God. Someone's calling to ask you about the play-in. Sorry, guys. I don't know the answers. Look online. My goodness. I am going to be a bit biased. And I'm going to say Melo, Camelo Anthony. Um, I just think for as long as he's played and as good as he's been in the past for Nuggets and the Knicks, I think he should have gotten one um and I don't know if that's because of who we were surrounded by I don't know if that was the coaching or maybe his own inconsistencies but I just think for as long as he's played as good as he's been it would have been good for him to grab a ring
1: Kat, you he- yeah I mean I would have loved to have seen him get one with the Knicks we all know that so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kat you get to round us out with your pick for the evening that's both of those are hard to
2: follow actually um i still want to see chris paul get it like we've been talking about that this whole episode but that's a really good point with reggie miller like now i have to agree with you and go with that like that was a really good point i can't even think of that to begin with because yeah that would just be through everything he's done that would just be a nice just the final thing to add like just to you know finish it off nicely like you've done everything else mm-hmm. like you you know with what you've done with like one team um and if he was a coach yeah that would be good to see and he'd get the ring that way maybe we'll just put it out there we're going to listen to this podcast and suggest it
0: Reggie, yeah. you, <laughs> if you're listening go into coaching yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, which I I know that they just had this going in the NBA locker rooms, you know, NBA mojo. I'm sure they've been blasting it because I know when we talked about the Knicks, the Knicks started to do well when we talked about, you know, Golden State, they started to do well. So I think we're good luck. Guys, that's all we have time for tonight. It was awesome talking about the Suns. Hopefully they can get that clean sweep uh, against uh, the Pelicans. Um, But listeners, keep watching the playoffs because we're going to keep talking about it because Lord knows we love our basketball.